Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, joined by my main man, Max Keen. Unfortunately, we're back to the the old days when Jonathan wasn't able to join us, but he's got a valid excuse. He is currently in a mentorship meeting, so he's being discipled as we speak. Uh, So we're going to let it slide this time, but next week, uh, hopefully, he'll be back with us. Also, we've missed a couple weeks, haven't we? Did we post a Uh, podcast in the last two weeks? I posted one last week. Okay, so we missed one off for you. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I've been out for a while. I've been going, going, going. I've been out of the state two of the last three weeks. And then the week that I wasn't out of the state, I was running a summer camp. And this next week, I'm going to be running a summer camp. So life's busy. Go, go, go. But I love it. God has me in a good place and um, I'm serving him. So life is good. Um, Got good brothers and sisters around me to support me. I uh, just got back from a restful vacation in Montana, visiting some of the Rocky Mountains. So that was beautiful. Um, You know, God's creation is always such an amazing thing to behold. And I'm, I'm a mountain guy. So the Rocky Mountains are my, my safe place. My, <laughs> I don't know. It just brings me peace whenever I'm in the Rockies. How's your week been? It's very good. Um, I got to go home this weekend and visit family, which of course is always, it's really good. Um, today's my brother's birthday and it was funny. So normally for birthdays just because I have so many siblings rather than like trying to find a present for them I'll just take them out to eat or get them a milkshake or something but today my mom was like hey I'll go to Target and get a present for your brother if you want me to and you know you can say it's from you or whatever I'm like all right sure that's fine with me and so um she got him like this thing of I guess small fireworks or sparklers or something like that and um (laughs) and before he opens the gift he's like all right max this better be good or i'm kicking you out of the family and you're just gone and i'm like wow that's pretty harsh uh but he opened it and he's like you got me illegal fireworks no way you are the coolest brother ever so don't worry. I don't think they're illegal. I mean, my mom got them at Target. So <laughs> most illegal of places to shop. <laughs> right. But I guess I'm still part of the family. So <laughs> I just thought that was funny. He's like, you know what? They're, they better, this better be a good present. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a good weekend. Um, I got to bring my roommate too. So he got to meet. Uh, my family. He's met my parents a couple times, but just to be able to be like, oh yeah, this is this person who I was talking about. This was this person who I was talking about. And he did pretty well with names, all things considered. I have nine siblings that he met over the weekend and he got almost all of them down pretty quickly. So I was proud of him for that because it can be a little difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of fireworks, uh, Montana has much looser firework laws than Virginia does. So <laughs> we bought a pack of uh, mortars called AK-15 or AK-47, I don't know, something like that, and just 
started lighting them off. They were like full size fireworks that we were just lighting off mm-hmm. in the driveway of our Airbnb. So <laughs> that was pretty epic. <laughs> uh, yeah, was celebrating the coolest part of your week. What was that? The coolest part of your week? Uh, no, the coolest part of my week was Glacier National Park. Like when I close my eyes and imagine the Rocky Mountains, I imagine snow capped peaks and beautiful lakes just surrounded by mountains. And that's what Glacier National Park was. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see some beautiful, beautiful places. If any of you guys are heading to Glacier anytime soon, hit me up. I got some recommendations on where to go. It is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I just, yeah, most beautiful, most beautiful place I've ever been. So I'm in for it. But anyway, let's get into this podcast because it's actually on the plane ride back from Montana that this this topic for today's podcast really hit me and God was speaking to me. Uh, I, being the slacker that I am, did not do my devotionals before we woke up at 3.30 in the morning to fly out. So I <laughs> did them on the plane ride at 6.30 in the morning. And while I was reading, I also, being the slacker that I am, had only done half of the day, half of the reading from the day before. So I had one and a half days of reading to catch up on. And it's it's amazing the way God works because he used the different reading plans, the different days of reading plans that I had to speak to me. Because we're going to go over three verses or three sections of scripture today that talk about how to seek God. And each one of these three sections was from a different day on my reading plan. So God knew what he was doing in having me uh, delay some of the reading. That way I could get all of this on the same day. So the first verse that I read that really stuck out to me uh, during this this reading was First Chronicles 15, 13. And this is shortly after Uzzah uh, dies because the they're transporting the Ark of the Covenant on an ox cart and it starts to fall off and then Uzzah reaches his hand out to save it because it's a holy item and he didn't want it to touch the ground, but he forgot that God had commanded them to not touch it with their hands lest they should die. So lo and behold, when Uzzah touched the ark, he died. And then shortly after that, we get to 1 Chronicles. I believe that's 1 Chronicles 14. So 1 Chronicles 15, this is when David is talking to Israel about their mistake and how they could have fixed it. He says, because you did not carry it the first time, the Lord God broke out against us because we did not seek him according to the rule. So I read that and I thought, man, that's a really interesting principle, like seeking God. And I was thinking, you know, the Israelites had some negative consequences because they were not seeking God as they ought. I wonder how I can seek God better in my own life. Now, I'm a really curious person. So whenever I'm reading in scripture and I find something like that, that that makes me wonder, I usually Google it. But I was on an airplane when I was reading this. So I had no internet. I had no ability to Google what I was reading about. And I was like, man, that's, that's really a bummer because I wish that I could look more into what it means to seek God and some scriptural commands on how I can better seek God in my own life. But, you know, God had a plan the entire time because I continued my reading. I got to Psalm chapter 40, verse 16. I was reading Psalm 40 in preparation for uh, one of the messages at one of our groups this week. I I heard it was going to be on Psalm 40 and just wanted to do some reading to prepare myself for it. And then I read Psalm 40, verse 16, which says, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. So First Chronicles 15 tells us that when we seek God according to his rules, he won't break out against us. That it's often when we fail to seek him as we ought that he does break out against us in judgment. 
And here in verse 16 of Psalm 40, it tells us that all who seek God rejoice and are glad in him. So once again, I was reading this and I was like, man, that's, I just really want to know what it means to seek God. Like this is, there's so much reward that comes from it and, and the blessing that's promised to those who seek him. Like I want to know how to do this, but I'm on this airplane and I can't Google anything. And then I continued the reading plan, got to Colossians chapter three. And, you know, the other ones were just single verses, but this one is basically like half a chapter in Colossians. And Colossians chapter three is all about seeking God. In fact, the first sentence of the the chapter is, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So the, the command in this verse is to seek the things that are above. Then it goes on to draw this comparison in the rest of the passage from verses 5 all the way to 17 about the person who sets their mind on worldly things and the person who sets their mind on the things that are above. And I was just reading this list of characteristics of the person who sets their minds on the things that are above. And this is what Paul says. Starting in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3, he says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that was six verses, but in those six verses, it is so jam-packed with good advice and how we ought to live seeking the things that are above, from kindness and love to greeting each other with psalms and spiritual songs. Like God is painting a picture for us of what it looks like to seek him and how we can live lives that are evident of our seeking him. So this is something that, that God really spoke to me just even in that single quiet time I was reading and, and desiring more knowledge about him, and he was right there to provide it for me. So I thought that the, this would make an excellent podcast topic because all of us could, you know, could seek God more in our lives. We, we could stand to gain from seeking God more. And I figured as we dive into it today, we should, we should see what we can do and how we, in our 21st century lives, how we can better seek God and seek the things that are above. So I'm really excited for this conversation. really excited to get into it. Yeah, that's an awesome, um, I don't know what you call observation or just set of circumstances that you found yourself under and being able to, to put all those things together is really neat um like most everything um this not being any different um a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of practical things that we think about, a lot of challenges that we face, you know, whether it's how do we um, serve God better? How do we grow in our relationship with him? What do we do um, when we're in a spiritual rut? How do we love him more? How do we learn to be more humble? How do we grow to be a better light to him in our life? Um, and in all of those things, there, to an extent, comes perspective. The angle that you look at it in. Um, because you can look at different things. And, and for us, going through this topic of how do we seek him more? Um, there can be different angles that you can approach it with, different perspectives that you can have going into it. Um, but one thing that I want to point out is with this question, at least when I first read it, my idea thought to, okay, you know, you want to seek God more in your daily life. Yes, that's a good thing. But why should we want to seek God more? Why is that something for us as Christians that we need to do? Because it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, I say this phrase, but what does that mean for me? If I want to seek him, what am I really saying? Because God is ruler over the universe. He is the creator of all things. He sent Christ to die for our salvation like he has done so much for us. And so for us wanting to get to know him more, to seek him more, should be a given, right? Because God has done all these things, we should have an extent of, yeah, well, I mean, if God is the greatest being in the universe and yet wants to have a relationship with me, then that puts it more into perspective of, all right, what I want to do and why I want to do it is I want to grow closer with my creator and my savior and my father because he loves me so much, because he wants to get to know me. It's not just that I want to get to know him, which we should want to do, but he wants that for us too. So it's not just a one-sided, like, okay, I, I'm going to, you know, walk to God. And it's not like God's on the other side of the bridge, you know, just hoping that we'll walk closer to him, draw closer to him. Like he's cheering us on, like, hey, come cross the bridge. Like, I want to get to know you more too. This is what I want for you. God wants to draw closer to us as we want to draw closer to him. And so a lot of it, I think, comes down to heart attitude. And one thing that I was thinking about, because um, I heard a message on this on Tuesday, um, and this is a passage that, you know, I'm sure a lot of us know, um, is Psalm 51, where David had just been confronted about his sin. 
And one of the points that that the guy who was teaching it uh, made was that David committed adultery and murder, which if you look at the Old Testament, he deserved to be stoned twice. Like his life is at a point where it can't get much worse. Like if you're looking at the law, he deserves to die time after time. And yet, David, he writes, For you do not delight in the sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So as we think about how we want to draw closer to God, how we want to be closer to him, It's not in anything we do, per se. It's not like, okay, I went to church, I pleased God today. For us, our heart should break for what breaks God's heart. Our lives should look in a way that reflects the nature of God. And when we don't turn to him we should feel broken inside like we just did something incredibly terrible and evil because we did because anytime that we sin we're deserving of death over and over and over like how David was he was in that same situation when we sin we're deserving of eternal death and separation from God and so our heart should break And rather than turning away from God in that moment, we need to turn back to him. And so it's not in the things that we do, but it's in a heart posture that looks to Christ and says, how can I live according to what he wants? Not to check off a box, but so that I can be who Christ wants me to be, who I can, so I can be molded into what God is creating me to be, to look more like him. And so that's sort of what was going through my mind as I was thinking about this topic of how do we seek God? It's not by doing things, although we do do things to show that we love God, but it starts in our hearts to get that posture of seeking to love God and serve him and grow deeper with him. And when we mess up, running back to him, because that's what he'll be pleased with. Not just a checklist of, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. Because God still wants to have a relationship with us. Yeah, and when I think about seeking God, it, it reminds me of human relationships that we have. You know, when you have a relationship with your dad or your girlfriend or just a close friend that you have, that is something that you desire. That's a person that you desire to seek. 
Like we desire to seek people that we want to have relationships with. I think of um, my first really good friend that I had. Uh, we both loved football. We both loved the Denver Broncos. And every day we'd come out and talk to each other. We had nothing to talk. We had nothing much to talk about outside of football. But because that bond drew us so close together, we wanted to talk to each other every day. That was something that we desired. And the bond that I had with him was much it was much more surface level than the bond that I have with other believers and especially the bond that I have with God himself. So this is something that we as Christians should desire. And uh, Jeremiah is a really cool book of the Bible. It's really, uh, I think we don't quote it as often as we ought to, just because it's one of those prophet books and it's, it's really hard to sort of sort through, but by far the most quoted verse in Jeremiah is Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, As you probably know, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But as I was memorizing this about a year ago, I realized that this verse is not a standalone verse. Like the, the thought continues in the next two verses. And I read them and realized how beautiful these verses are, especially verse 13. It continues in verse 12 by saying, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. So as God is promising that he has a hope for his people, keep in mind, they're in exile when he makes this hope or he makes this promise to them. Like they have just been taken away by a foreign nation into captivity. And God is saying, don't worry, I have a plan for you. But he's also simultaneously saying, uh, stay there for a while, be, get comfortable because you're going to be there for 70 years. But he goes into verse 12 and talks about how they should call upon him. And when they do, he's going to hear them. And then verse 13, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Continuing to verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So, God is telling them that they are being sent into a season of exile. And the end point of that season is going to be when they seek him with all their heart. You see, God was putting them in such a place of dependence upon him that they were going to be hard-hearted and and take 70 years to seek him. But this this difficult situation that he was putting them in was pushing them closer to him. I, I think of the book of James, when it talks about how the trials that we go through produce steadfastness and, and that steadfastness produces perseverance. So think about your own life right now. What are some of the difficult trials you're going through? I know that for me, it's uh, running wave camps, running uh, our summer camps here at the church. It's it's taxing. It's a lot to plan. The, the biggest project I've ever been in charge of. And it's a lot. But through this God is pushing me closer to himself. He's he's giving me opportunities to seek him more and more in everything that I do. And sure, there's there's small rewards along the way, just getting to see the joy on the kids' faces when the activities that I planned are a success. That's reward in itself. But the biggest reward from this is God is teaching me to seek him. He's teaching me in this season what it means to, to be overwhelmed, but also what it means to seek him in that difficulty. So think about your own life right now. What is a difficult thing, a season that God is putting you through right now that is forcing you to seek him in the way that you live? And then 
how can you better seek him in the things that you're doing, uh, the people you're hanging out with, the choices of, you know, free time, that the choices that you're making in your free time. What are these things doing to help you seek God more? And if you are in a situation right now that is not pushing you to seek God more, if, if you're in a situation that's actually pushing you to seek the things of this world or, or find comfort or find dependence in the things of this world, then you're not doing what God has called you to do. You see, we are called to, as children of God, we are called to live boldly for him. And in everything that we do, we're called to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I don't know how you can love somebody with, with all of that, with literally every aspect of your being and not desire to know them better, not desire uh, to seek them. So if this is something that you're struggling with, then pray and ask God that he will give you a desire to seek him. And, and not only that, but that he'll give you the wisdom on how you can seek him. Because we see it straight here in the Jeremiah passage, verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. Brothers and sisters, God hears our prayers. He desires that we would seek him and he wants us to know him better. He wants us to know him intimately and to have a relationship with him that fuels everything that we do, that that every action that we take would just be an outpouring of our strong relationship with God. So that's that's what I think of when I think of seeking God. I don't think of this this stereotype of a Christian who has got it all together, or at least they pretend to when they show up on Sunday mornings. No, I think of the unity that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17, when he said that, Father, may they be unified with each other. May they be one with each other as you and I are one. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed for the church. And that oneness is not achieved by showing up to church and, and putting on a facade. That oneness is not achieved by pretending to be a spiritual person, but in reality, depending on the things of this world. Now, that oneness is achieved by being open and vulnerable with our brothers and sisters around us. That, that oneness is achieved by pursuing God altogether. Because you see, if we're pursuing each other, then we're heading in different directions as we change our our goals. And if we're pursuing things in this world, then we're all heading in different directions. And at some point we might be going on the same path as somebody else, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stay on it for long. But if we're all seeking God, then we're all headed in the same direction. We have a unity of mind, a unity of spirit that Paul calls us to have in his letters that Jesus prayed for us in John 17. Brothers and sisters, the best thing that you can do for yourself and for everybody around you is to seek God with all of your heart. Because the promise that God made to the Israelites in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Let's go out. Let's be a people who seek God with all our hearts. Let's be a people who are defined by our pursuit of God in everything that we do. So there's been something sort of, we haven't said it outright, but it's been implied throughout the entirety of this episode. And that is that you have to put effort into it. If you say yourself a Christian 
and you go to church on Sundays and then the rest of the week you're like, oh, I'm too busy for God. I'm not going to do things with him. Then you're not going to be seeking him deeper. To seek him deeper, to know him more, to desire to love him and to be with him takes effort. You need to make time for that. You need to block off space, be like, this is time that I'm going to dedicate so that I can seek God more. It's not just going to come naturally. We, we're constantly being fed different things. Whatever you're doing, something is having some kind of influence on you. And if you're constantly being around the world, if you're constantly around your job, if you're constantly around other people who, you know, have no regard for God, if you're constantly um, around what you want to do that isn't focused on God, then those things are going to be what you're thinking, what you're singing, what you're watching, what you're doing. All these different things are going to come out of what you've been interacting with. And so you have to make, you know, block out that time. You have to make an effort to, to grow closer with God. It's not just going to come out of nowhere. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, my relationship with God has just gone up so much. Like, it just doesn't happen in your sleep. Relationships on earth are things that you work toward. And the same goes for your relationship with Christ. You want to grow deeper with him? It's going to be a process of getting to know each other more. Of you talking to God through prayer and spending time listening to him through his word. It's not going to just appear out of thin air. And so if you're listening to this episode, if you've been listening to this episode and you've been thinking, oh, you know, that's a good principle. That's a good principle. <coughs> Excuse me. But you haven't been thinking, oh, this is how I plan on adding these principles to my daily life. If you've just been going through this episode thinking, okay, that's cool. You know, just kind of hoping that it ends up in your life. Then it won't. You have to make a conscience, conscious effort for it to be there. And so if you want to seek God, seek God. Like it doesn't get much, you know, crazier than that. If you want to seek God, then seek him. Get to know him. Fall deeper in love with him through his word, through prayer, through being in fellowship with other believers. Don't just think that, that it's just going to happen naturally. You don't, like, I don't wake up and think, oh, I feel like me and Christian's relationship has 
gotten so much better today, even though I haven't talked to him since our last podcast recording last week. Like, that just doesn't happen. If you want to grow in relationship with someone, then grow in relationship with someone. It's really not rocket science, but you have to be putting in that effort. So as we finish out today's episode about seeking God, I want you to think about your life. Think about the number of things that you do in a day that push you closer to seeking God. And then the number of things you do in a day that are either neutral, that don't really push you in either direction, or that push you away from God. Now, remember, not many things in this life are neutral. Most things are either pushing you toward God or pushing you away from God. And I, I hate to break it to you, but the world, if you if you lay still, the world is going to naturally push you away from God. I've heard it described like a river. When you're in a river, you know, we saw some people whitewater rafting this week on one of the beautiful rivers in Montana. And if they sit in the raft and don't do anything, their raft is going to move because the river, the current of the river is pushing them downstream. You see, living the Christian life is like trying to row upstream. If you don't do anything, you're naturally going to go downstream. But rowing upstream requires not only work, but it requires constant effort. Effort that doesn't cease. Effort that is hard and diligent. Effort that has a purpose. That's the kind of effort that we need to put forward in our relationships with God. So I'm praying for each one of you. I'm praying that God would reveal this to you, that he would help you to seek him more and seek seek him more often and, and seek him more diligently because we want you to seek God just as we want ourselves to seek God. Because like I said earlier, seeking God is, is what's best for you. It's what's best for your relationship with God and it's what's best for those around you. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you're still listening, uh, email Jonathan at Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com and just give him a, a little nudge. Tell him we missed him. Tell him we loved him. Give him a joke. Give him something. Um, we just want to, we want to let that brother know that he is valued, um, and that we miss him, uh, that we're praying for his discipleship time, that this would be a profitable time for him and his mentor, uh, and that he would come out of it sharpened, that iron would sharpen iron in that meeting. So, Uh, We thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are the best. You guys are the reason we keep doing this. We want to make sure that every episode we put out is glorifying to God, that we are constantly putting forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and that we can't save ourselves. The only person who can save us is Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection, uh, paying the penalty that we deserve to pay for our sins, that if we put our faith in him and repent of our sins, that we can find eternal life in him. This is a message that everybody needs to know. And we want to make sure that every episode we put out is giving that message. And we want to make sure that you guys are always, always being saturating your minds with the gospel. So uh, we hope, we pray that you guys have a good week, that you go out, represent Christ well. And as always, love each other and shine your lights. (laughs) 